I was arrested at 16 years old where I caught my very first felony conviction. And life just spiraled out of control from there. From the streets of New York City to the Las Vegas Strip, John Ponder was caught up in gang life. After multiple felony convictions, John was arrested for the last time when he was 37. They threw me into solitary confinement. I'm facing the possibility of spending the next 23 years of my life in prison. Found myself looking into the mirror, knew I wasn't who I wanted to be. I was living life the way that I wanted, but my eyes reminded me I'm not free. John Ponder certainly was not free, as he faced a 23-year prison sentence. So what happened next? How did John get from that place to today, when he's actually thankful for prison? You'll find out on this episode of GPS, God, People, Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, celebrating 70 years of proclaiming the message of Jesus Christ. I'm Phil Fleischman. And I'm Jim Kirkland. John has been on quite the journey in his life, a journey filled with tragedy and transformation. He shared it over Zoom with us recently with raw emotion, and we cannot wait for you to hear it for yourself. You're also going to hear from Billy Graham. A recent article told of a boy who turned to life on the street when he was 12. And he said, I was in trouble with the law, with drugs, with alcohol, with my mom, with school. I was both drug addict and drug dealer. I was a criminal and a victim. Some of you think that you're too bad to come to God. God's not waiting to judge you. God loves you. You're going to hear more from that message later in the episode. Billy Graham wasn't talking there specifically about John Ponder, but it almost describes John's life to a T. John got into a lot of trouble and had a lot of emptiness inside. Have you, or do you now, ever feel that same way, empty or hopeless? We want you to know that there is hope, and it comes from a relationship with God. You can learn more about all of that right now. We've got folks who would love to talk to you on our 24-hour prayer line. The number is 888-388-2683. That's 888-388-2683. You can also go online if you'd rather do that. Our website is findpeacewithgod.net. GPS. God. People. Stories. Growing up, the product of a single-parent home, you know, dad had left home at a very early age and left mom uh, trying to raise five knucklehead boys and, you know, one knucklehead sister all by herself. We turned to the streets at a very early age to kind of validate masculinity, right? The street led me to drugs. Drugs led me to the gangs. Gangs led me to the criminal activity. And that criminal activity, it led me to, you know, my very first set of handcuffs at 12 years old. From that point on, John Ponder found his identity in being in a gang, often high and regularly committing crimes on the streets of New York City. I was arrested at uh, 16 years old where I caught my very first felony conviction. And life had just spiraled out of control in and out of, of different jails and had gone you know, back and forth to, to prison. When John was 22, he tried to get a fresh start. His mom had retired and moved to Las Vegas. And one by one, his brothers followed her to Vegas. I was in New York by myself for about, you know, two years and really missed my family. But at that point, I was really looking for an, a change, a way out of this 
rut that I had been in my entire life was so was hoping that grass got a little bit greener on the other side. But you know, when I when I came out to Las Vegas, uh, all those things that Las Vegas is made famous for, the Sin City and uh, you know that lifestyle, you know that had become very much a part of me. And, you know, I became very much a part of all of it. For the next 15 years, John lived a life of crime in Sin City. And when he was 37, he was arrested for robbing a bank. When I get into custody, I'm mad, I'm angry, I'm withdrawn from drugs, and I'm fighting other inmates and fighting, you know, the corrections officers. They threw me into solitary confinement because I'm facing the possibility of spending the next 23 years of my life in prison, right, because of my criminal history. John had multiple felony convictions at this point, and the FBI had gotten involved with his case. That's why John was looking at serving 23 years in federal prison. But before he went to trial, something happened in his cell that would change John's life forever. There was a chaplain, and he opened up the little food flap, right, and he was began to have a conversation with me. And I called this man everything, every name in the book except the name that his mother gave him and told him to get, you know, get away from my door. And, and then this chaplain had dropped the Bible through the food flap. And he said to me, Jesus loves you. And he closed the food flap and left. And I left the Bible on the floor. And I'm so very mad, angry, food strike. I'm not eating. I'm cursing out the guards. And, and then about, I don't know, it was a week or so later, that same chaplain had come back. And he was like, you know, how you doing? And I cursed him out again. Unfazed, the chaplain dropped another book in John's cell. This time it was a daily devotional. And like he'd done with the Bible, John just tossed it over on the floor. A few days later, though, John decided to open the devotional. I read this little message on there and like something just like leaked in my spirit. And right in the top hand corner, there was a passage of scripture there. And I read the passage of Scripture, and when I read that, that Bible verse, I reached down on the floor, and I picked up the Bible, and I thumbed through to where that passage was. And as I grabbed that, uh, something just grabbed a hold of me, and I started reading my Bible, and I could not put it down. And as I'm just reading and reading and reading, God captured my heart, and something happened in that moment. Now I'm not angry anymore. I know that I'm still going to prison, but at this point, I don't even care because it's like this level of freedom that is inside me. And I'm, I'm nice to the guards now. They're looking at me like I'm crazy, but they don't really understand. You're supposed to be in solitary confinement by yourself, but it was me and Jesus. God started really working on my heart. John was also having flashbacks to his childhood when he had first learned about Jesus from his grandmother, Medea who used to visit in Mississippi with his brothers. Medea loved Jesus. And every summer we would go down, Medea would take us to Sunday school and services. And, and when we'd get home, Medea used to put us on the side of that dusty black piano and start bringing out the hymn books. And we're singing songs like Amazing Grace. And, and you know, yes, Jesus loved me. But then at the end of the summer, we'd be back on the Greyhound bus back into the streets of New York, back into that crazy stuff that's happened year after year. And many years after that, as John sat in solitary confinement, the seeds of faith that his grandmother had planted were, as John puts it, cracking wide open. But John still hadn't fully surrendered his life to Jesus. That didn't happen until a fellow inmate gave him 
a radio. It was mangled, you know, tape all over it, and it had one earbud. I can't even get any radio stations. So I start thumbing through this thing and thumbing through it, and, and lo and behold, there was a, 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 the only radio station was this Christian radio station. I'll never forget the day I'm laying in the bed because I used to go to sleep with it. And I woke up to the voice of Billy Graham. And Billy Graham was preaching a message of the prodigal son. And he was saying about this, this God who just loves you so much and, and he wants you to come back. And I'm, I'm sitting in the side of the bed going, oh my gosh. And I hear God just really speaking to me. And at the end of it, Billy Graham said, you know, if you have not made Jesus Christ, the Lord of your life, he wants to come into your heart and repeat after me. And I invited Jesus into my heart, surrendered my life to him. And from that moment forward, my life went in a 180 degree turn and I never looked back. John Ponder became a follower of Jesus that day in his cell. A peace and joy that he had never known before flooded his heart. And he knew that God had forgiven him for his sins and all the crimes he had ever committed. Now, John still had to face a judge who had the option of sentencing him to 23 years in prison. But John was okay with that. And I said to God, go before me in that courtroom. And what I'm asking you to do is to, God, you climb into the robe of that judge. Move him out of the way. And whatever time I get, God, let it come from you. You be my judge. And as long as this time comes from you, whatever time it is, if it's six years or if it's 50 years, search the meditation in my heart. My promise to you is that I am going to spend the rest of my life serving you in or out of prison. So the day came for John to head to court. After the initial proceedings, the judge asked John if he had anything to say for himself before the sentence was handed down. I was like, man, you bet I do. I didn't even know what it was that I was saying. I had to go back and look at my sentence and transcripts to know what it was I said. But the Bible says that when you find yourself in situations like that, don't even worry about what to say. The Holy Spirit is going to give you utterance. When I got done speaking, the judge took his glasses off. He leaned back in the chair and there was this long pause that seemed like it went on forever. Then he stepped forward and he said to me, Mr. Ponder, I have never heard anybody say what you just said. When you go to prison, if you do half of the things that float out of your mouth, you're going to walk outside that prison to transform man. I don't know why I'm going to do this. He says, I'm not going to give you what you deserve. And in that moment, I heard God speaking to him because God sent his son that we might not get what we deserve. So instead of getting all the years that I got, he gave me a much lesser sentence. John was sentenced to five years, and he was so thankful. He told the judge all about his conversion to Christianity and about his commitment to educate himself, grow in his faith, and become a new man while behind bars. And that's exactly what happened over the next five years while John was in federal prison in Pennsylvania. I remember it was like three o'clock in the morning and the bus pulled up into this maximum security United States federal penitentiary, one of the most scariest moments of my entire life. I looked up on the wall and there it was, I saw this thing. It said, Allenwood, United States federal penitentiary. 
in my mind, I changed the words on that sign. And instead of it saying, Allenwood, United States Federal Penitentiary, it said, Allenwood, United States Bible College. And I went in there and went to school. Now, of course, it was a difficult five years. There were times when John found himself in challenging and even life-threatening situations as an inmate who had former gang ties and a history of violence and crime. But throughout his time there, John clung to his faith in Christ and to a community of other believers. I connected with some men in that maximum security United States federal penitentiary that the judge had given them a thousand years that they will never be out. These men were living in such peace and they were the ones that I know that God had positioned them in prison for me. And the more and more I began to understand about God, the more and more I began to understand about me. I'm not the name that the streets gave me. I am not that drug dealer. I am not the name on that pre-sentence investigation that came from the courts. I realized that I am who my God says that I am, and I can do all the things that my God says that I can do. God was reshaping John's identity from convicted felon to beloved child of the king. And when John was released in 2009, he moved back to Las Vegas, and within a few years, he got married and started a ministry called Hope for Prisoners. Hope for Prisoners provides all kinds of services for men and women who are getting out of incarceration and trying to reintegrate into society. There's job training, substance abuse treatment, and mentoring, all as part of the whole process. It all ultimately points people to Christ as the one who offers true freedom. All of those things that we offer are able to help people as they're transitioning out. But everything that we do comes from a biblical perspective. We do have Bible study courses. We have actually planted a church inside one of our detention centers. Because that's what this is all about, bringing you into a face-to-face encounter with Jesus. It was that face-to-face encounter with Jesus that changed John's life, and he's fully committed to helping others encounter Jesus and see their lives changed. John's also had some amazing encounters with two unlikely men, two men who were responsible for putting him behind bars. Richard Beasley was that FBI agent that was on my case, and I did not know it at the time, but Richard Beasley has a relationship with Jesus. I came home from prison and he, you know, we we got together and the first thing that had come out of Richard Beasley's mouth, my wife and I have been praying for you. In that moment, I just, I broke down weeping and I was saying, oh my goodness, God, you were in control of this thing all this time. My judge that sentenced me, later on, I sat down and met with him for the first time. He said, John, I have watched you from a distance, right? I've seen, and man, what's happening in your life is just amazing. And he said, your life story helps to restore my faith in the judicial process. God gave me, through him, exactly what it was that I needed. 
I thank God that I didn't get one year a slap of the hand and, mm-hmm. and, and, and get probation. I'm, I'm grateful that I didn't get two years. I'm, I'm grateful I didn't get three years. I am so grateful that even when I didn't understand it back then, that God gave me exactly what it was that I needed in order to turn my life around and be that person that he has called me to be my entire life. In other words, John's thankful that he spent five years in prison because it shaped him into a faithful follower of Christ. So it may come as no surprise then that John's favorite Bible passage is Romans 8, 28, and 29. That says, all things work together for the good. And it doesn't say some things. <laughs> it says that all things work together for the good, for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And if people can look back and, and look at all the atrocities that they may have been through in life and, and painful situations where it's hurting and, and don't really understand and you're trying to stand on that passage of the scripture and you're saying, I'm in the middle of this, God, how could this right here ever work together for the good? I'm hurting, right? But it works together for the good when we allow God to pull us through that. And when we get up on our feet, and help other people do that same thing that we were had just come through. That's how God works it together for the good. You make all things work together for my good. You make all things work together for my It can be tough sometimes to believe that all things work together for our good, but that is exactly what the Bible promises to followers of Jesus Christ. Those types of promises lived out in relationship with Christ are what changed John Ponder from the inside out. And that same thing can happen in your life today. Are you interested in learning more about Jesus? Then go to our website. It's findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. Now, the latest chapter in John Ponder's story involves the President of the United States, and John will share with us that story in just a minute. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Now, tonight, I want you to turn with me to the 15th chapter of Luke's Gospel. Jesus is telling a story. Billy Graham. He told about a a son that wanted to get his inheritance and leave home. And it's well known around the world as the prodigal son. This prodigal son is a picture of all of us because all of us in a way are running from something. Jesus said he began to be in need. Out of his own lust and his own greed, he had wandered away from home. He realized he had sinned and he cast himself on the mercy of his Father. Jesus is teaching us, God is the Father. He loves us. He longs for us to return. He longs for us to come back home. He wants to give you guidance in your life. He wants to give you a peace and joy and assurance that if you died, you'd go to heaven. But first, there must be a change. You must turn around. That's called repentance in the Bible. Repent, the scripture says, because there's going to be a judgment 
But God's judgment is also tempered by His love and His mercy. He's willing to forgive you tonight. By the cross and the resurrection, God has provided a way for you to have peace and joy and happiness in your heart. Wherever you are, whatever you've done, God can give you peace and joy and happiness when you begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. We'll tell you more about it at our website, findpeacewithgod.net. Our guest on this episode of GPS is John Ponder, a man who's been forgiven for every sin he's ever committed. That's what God did and can do for each one of us. John was also recently forgiven by someone else, President Trump, who surprised John by issuing a full pardon for his federal convictions during a speech at the Republican National Convention last month. I cannot find the words. I'm still overwhelmed about that. I, I just, I can't even, the, the, even the magnitude of it hasn't even set in, right? And I'm sitting there emotional. My wife was there and he called her up. It was a total surprise uh, uh, to all of us. But I remember in that moment as President Trump was signing it, right? And it just it took everything in me not to break down. I, I had a conversation with God and God said to me, this is great, right? But he says, remember, I pardoned you in that prison cell all those years ago. It is my hope that people will look at that, formerly incarcerated people, people who were incarcerated, and they would view that testimony of what God can do. If he did it for me, he can do it for everybody else. It is certainly quite the testimony that John Ponder has, and we are grateful that he took some time to share it with us. If you'd like to find out more about his ministry, Hope for Prisoners, there's a link in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Jim Kirkland. And I'm Phil Fleischman. The music you heard in this episode is from Newsboys. GPS, God, People, Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news. From my mother's have chosen me, love has come.